The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kira, welcome to The Real Pod. Oh, it's Real Recap. I'm getting my pods confused. Welcome to The Real Pod's Real Recap. We, we... Recap Celebrity Treasure Island every week. It's me, Jane Yee, joined by Alex Casey and Duncan Grieve. Hello. Hello. The whole gang is back together. And we are standing up. <laughs> I um, I have nowhere to sit in this in this tiny apartment and I'm just sick of having a sore back. So I've just started standing constantly. We'll see how I go. I love it. I love it. Um, you, you will have probably heard, if you listened to yesterday's episode of The Real Pod, you would have heard us talking about standing up to podcast. Uh it's it's a thing. We're trying to make it happen. Anyway, but let's talk about Celebrity Treasure Island, shall we? We're up to week three. Is that correct? I don't know. I feel like I've been I, don't, know. I a, don't even know what month it is, Jane. There's no time on the island. Did you know that, <laughs> Alex? Did you listen to our podcast last week? We found out some um, inside goss. I didn't. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I don't like listening when I'm not there. It makes me feel like you're at your own funeral or something. <laughs> Well, we found out that there's no, like, they when they arrived on the island, all their bags were ransacked and anything that was not allowed was taken out, including, like, watches. So they had no concept of time, much like being at the casino. That's so interesting. I also had yeah. some, uh, you might have covered this and I, forgive me, but um, clarification from somebody that they, they don't have, they don't get, it, what you see is what it is. There is no yeah. special celebrity treatment. There is no extra food. There is no like bougie hotel. <laughs> no, there's not. But there is. There, they do have portaloos, so the Pooh Cave is a, a backup option, so to speak. Fake news. I would honestly use the Pooh Cave anyway. I hate a portaloo. Oh, portaloo's horrible. Go Plus, back to I mean, nature. I've got I've got there's four people in this house and we need two toilets, I'm just saying. So one portaloo for like two camps of eight people or whatever it is. It's just it's not enough. You need a poo cave. The uh the, I think the domestic version of a poo cave. I, I read I read the um the Weekend Herald print edition over the weekend and on page like seven or eight, there's like one of those you know when you see an advertisement that feels like it's been beamed in from another time? Uh, and this was like, uh, basically, I can't remember the exact phrasing. It was basically like, go to the toilet the way the stars do. Uh, <laughs> and it was basically about a B-Day conversion for your toilet. Mm. Oh, and it's just, and it goes really hard on, like, there's this crazy <laughs> secret that they try and keep in Hollywood. And it's like, never use toilet paper again. That was like the, the sort of the stand first. It was like, never, that's just finished. It's over. 
Um, so I, have a, I have a question. I have a question about that, though. Do you, well, Just how do you dry off? How do you dry off? Doesn't it have a little blower on it? Or no. Do they all, so. or are there different? Are there kind of different different versions, and one's just got the basic wordy nodding. <laughs> He's got some bidet intel. I have used a bidet in China before, and it had a really powerful fan on it, and it, it like sussies you out. It's full service. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that is great to know. I always I knew am... you were one of the stars. <laughs> I'm keen. I'm keen for the beat. I'm keen for the beat revolution. I've got a blockage issue here. Anyway, oh my gosh. <laughs> In what way? this has got it's nothing to do with Liberty Treasure Island. We've got to we've got to stay on track. Otherwise, it's just going to turn yeah. into another real pod regular podcast. Where we talk about poo a lot. <laughs> Already has within the first five minutes. Um, okay, so. We're into week three. Things are really shaken up in episode seven, uh, which was the first episode of the week. For a start, Joe's wearing the same undies he's been wearing the whole entire time that he's been on the island. Even and on the island, we're going like to refer to it as the island. He doesn't need to do that, right? Like, they've got a change of clothes. <laughs> Surely. Well, and maybe he just, like, right from the get-go is like, what's the point? They're all going to be super dirty real soon, may as well just not get changed. Maybe he doesn't want to have to, like, run off to the bushes and be discreet. It means he just can just get changed right there in front of everyone because he doesn't have to take off his undies. I mean, there's a lot of advantages. Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the, the challenges involve some kind of physical proximity, and, and if you just sort of, like, aggressively fail to wash, that's, uh, yeah, that that's not going to make people, you know, like you've got a natural barrier. I also think if you're right. swimming, if you're swimming every day, there's some kind of natural antibacterial thing that comes out of that. I don't know. Basically, I didn't. It's called I thought crush it, for some people. <laughs> I would have thought it was horrible, but then as soon as he said it, I thought it was fine. I mean, the other thing, the other question to ask is you don't actually have to tell anyone, right? I don't think he's the only person who's been wearing the same undies the whole time. He's just the only one who said anything about it. Anyway, it all, it all came out later on, didn't it, when when they won a, a laundry challenge. They got to get their laundry done and suddenly everyone was fissing up about how gross their gruts were. <laughs> uh, but let's move on, first of all, to the the charity challenge, rather, which was a musical, blindfolded musical cheers. Duncan, how are your feelings on the charity challenges? Because you're just, like, not a big fan of these challenges last week. I still really don't like them. This one I watched and was actually good, but I skipped most of the other two. Uh, my only, so I'll leave it to you. But my only commentary is that as I was watching it this time round, I was like, "It must be really intense to be the host of Celebrity Treasure Island." Because normally, when you're the host, it's just civilians, and mm. they are, you know, you've got a natural amount of magnetism and sort of authority that comes with the role. But when you're like the host of Celebrity Treasure Island, you're having to bring all that to a group of people who, some of whom are heaps more famous than you. And mm. I feel like it doesn't. I think we really need to acknowledge the work of, of Matt and Bree because they, mm. they 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 bring it, and mm-hmm. that's just a way harder gig than the average reality, gig, in my opinion. Anyway, I'll leave it I with think, you. I think Bree in particular, because she, especially in these charity challenges that she runs, is actually quite involved in them. Like she is often part of making the challenge happen, whether it be sticking one of those things in your mouth where you have to talk funny. Or, you know, like Chizzo's more of a, like a godlike figure. He turns up and kind of gives some instructions and throws out some great quotes. Whereas Brett, she's in there. 
Like she could be a celebrity on her own show next time, you know? She could be team, host and team member. I feel like Chisholm just drops you in, like takes it so seriously, right? And it's just like, we're in this and I am screaming at all of you <laughs> <laughs> all the time. I also would just like to shout out the rate at which Matt Chisholm has tanned on this yeah. program. Yeah. Sensational. Would you call it a tan? Would you call it a tan by this point? What would you what would you call it? Like a deep burn. <laughs> <laughs> we are waiting for the eyes, of course. The big eyes yeah. moment has gotta be coming soon. <laughs> totally. And an art was burned early on, like acknowledged it. It feels like all reality TV is gonna have like a kind of a work safe moment because we had the block with like multiple head injuries that's where you've just got humans getting sort of third degree burns from catching exposure (laughs) i I think we were starting to sort of see the the beginnings of of, uh an issue emerging the thing is though that the bonus of um being cooked alive is when you get to the point where you're really hungry and the food's run out and you decide you're just going to start eating each other already cooked you know (laughs) pre-cooked parboiled It's bacon. I don't know what bacon is. Saves on cooking time. Anyway, Jess won that um, blindfolded musical chairs. Definitely a setup. They all seem to go. They could see. I'm sure of it. Like that was quite, you you know, what direction are you going in? They all uh, seem to go straight for a chair somewhere. So I don't buy it. Um, Right, where are we? Oh, the teams are the teams are the teams are bloody splitting. No, they're merging. Well, they're kind of splitting and merging all at the same time. We go from three teams to two teams, and we're down to Katipo and Repo because Honu had hardly any members left, right? So they're just like, "You're gone. Green's out of yeah. here. Dissolved. Dissolved. Also, bad chemistry. They, they were they were never meant to be." I kind of loved it though. Like, oh. I did too. I'm, I'm obsessed with Buck Shelford this week. Just like propped up, like weekend at Bernie's. Like, <laughs> like kind of furious, confused, botching all the challenges. Like rugby icon. <laughs> Seemingly, he's just so bad at all these terrible, like at all these made up sports. I mean, the, the whole show, like, I, I don't know whether it was just, like, being really deep into lockdown now, but just watching the show every so often, I would just, have, like, have these, like, moments of clarity and be like, what? What is this? Like, <laughs> it's watching, like, a whole bunch of people, some of whom are naturally talented, but none of whom have played this game before. So they're all, like, bad at it. And then the game is totally <laughs> made up. Like, so no one's ever even played it before. And then, like... It's like the human centipede. They're just like... <laughs> it is nothing like the human centipede. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've got three people chained together in formation. Oh, yeah. mm. You know, like, it's a lot like the human centipede. It's about as close as you can get. <laughs> yeah. Brinley said she went so far up Buck's ass that she saw the North Pole, <laughs> which is actually, like, beyond the human centipede, you know? <laughs> I thought you meant when you were talking about I thought you meant the whole thing was like the human centipede. I didn't realise you were referencing that specific challenge, which of course was literally the human centipede with some netball. Um, okay, so anyway, here's how the teams played out. Katapo, you've got Lana, the only remaining Katapo member who actually ended up in Katapo. Art, Anna, Tegan, Tammy, Jess, Richie and Angela. In purple, Repo, you've got JJ, Lance, Chris, Buck, Edna, Kim, Joe, Candy, and Brinley. Which team would you rather be in? 
I want to be in Brinley's team. I always want. Yeah, me too. Duncan. Uh, they're they're both really great teams, but uh, I think where the the balance of Katapur went is probably where where the good vibes are, especially after well. Don't want to give the game away, but after Richie's fatal error, I, don't, I, don't, I think the vibes are going to be quite pungent. I also uh, loved the um, the public eggs, the painted eggs that decided their their fate. That I'm sorry, can me. you say that sentence again? You loved I, the public egg. I did. I did. As someone who struggles with egg, but it was almost like. It was an alien egg, wasn't it? So it wasn't it wasn't as freaky. I've got some bad eggs later I want to talk about. But the <laughs> eggs that were filled with paint that they smashed on themselves, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great reveal. Kimberly Crossman struggled. She did. <laughs> when they deal. said they were going to be smashing eggs on them, I thought it was going to be that one where some of them are cooked and some of them aren't. And then I was just like, can you imagine if you ended up with raw egg on you, baking on you? Like that shit, that shit strips paint. For some reason, my old house got egged twice while I was living in it. <laughs> For some reason. First, first time, first time's just hooligans. Second time's a targeted attack, right? And you, it, that stuff is really, really hard to get off, which is why they do it. Like, that's why it's such a bad thing to do to people, to egg their houses or cars or whatever. Because um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's like chemically destructive. And oh that would be gross. That would be gross on the island. But on your skin, you know, if we're, if we're leading into your cannibal sort of mentality, it's a bit like human French toast. It know? is a bit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Oh, God. Okay. Then they had to basically do the face-off, the team face-off in their new teams. And this is, this is the one that you're talking about, the, the human centipede style one. And who won? Not back. Oh, no. Not back. Not back. I mean, it was just watching like some a lot of former athletes be really like quite profoundly bad at um, what should be a relatively elementary athletic pursuit. Is you know, again, it's just it's it's odd television. I enjoy it, but it's <laughs> if you were trying to explain what you were doing to someone who's not familiar with the genre or this bizarre culture, they they d- downgrade their assessment of you pretty fast. <laughs> What about what Richie has done for the V-neck T-shirt? <laughs> because bright orange, extraordinarily tight V-neck with like a little necktie, and he's rocking it. And I think V-necks are back, and I think we've got Richie to thank. I'm obsessed with Richie. <laughs> I am really fucked off by the merge in that you know how much I was relying on the leaders, uh, legends, and jokers titles to be able to, you know, organise where people were in teams. Now that's just been completely thrown out uh, and now I'm having to reorganise my brain, uh, aided by the fact that most of Katapo have gone into Repo, so I can kind of just go, Lana's the only one who stayed. So I've kind of bunched all those guys together. That's fine. Where I really come unstuck is that they haven't managed to sort out their clothing situation yet. So some of them are still wearing little bits of old colours and uh, it's really, it's messing with me. I just want production to walk in there with some fucking AS colour T-shirts, give them to them and it's going to make life a lot easier for me. I like the little peak of personality you get though, like randomly Ange Bloomfield, just like big old Pink Floyd singlet out of nowhere, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. It's intriguing. It's no (laughs) colours. I think it would be fun if they were given vivids and were able to design their own T-shirts, you know? Bring their own personality to their T-shirts. Just do our own (laughs) little 
Pink Floyd that, logo on there. That could be a charity challenge to come, Jane. <laughs> we just don't right. know. <laughs> Captain's test involved some skulls and some dice and some lying. I don't like these captain's tests. I prefer the charity challenges. There's no, there's no, they're no fun. They're quite boring. <laughs> they are. I think, I think, I think I like them more than the charity challenges, weirdly, but not as much as Human Centipede. <laughs> it's just, Human Centipede's number one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it is quite funny how much of the show is quite boring, and yet it's still <laughs> fundamentally a really entertaining show somehow. Like it, it's almost like in spite of its structure and. It's a, it's a very, it's a perfect lockdown show. I don't really know what's going on with it, but I like it. Richie won the captain's test. He uh, he pulled out some sweet moves after he won too, some some real sweet dance moves. And mm. then that meant that uh, Katapo won the opportunity. Richie's in Katapo? Oh, I'm so confused. <laughs> He's always wearing green. He's in Katapo, right? They won the opportunity to vote in Repo's next captain vote, whenever that may be. Um, moving on to the next episode, Battle Braids. Is that a thing? Yeah. It, it I want now. it. <laughs> I want it a lot. It feels very um, like when women's MMA fighting, or just mm. then you, you often see it, because I think it protects you. Like it's just harder to grab a hold of of your vulnerability, your hair, and uh, it, it does look also super keeps it tough. Out of your keeps it out of your eyes really effectively as well. Uh, it also ensures all... that you just, like, burn as much of your scalp <laughs> as possible. <laughs> That's one of the aims of the show. <laughs> so the thing here is that Lana's all in on the battle braids, um, having kind of said to camera or perhaps even to her teammates in the previous episode that she was going to stay loyal to her Katapo mates. Pretty hard to do that when it's only you, you know? <laughs> it's just you and and uh, Angela and Munter and, you know? Yeah. And also funny, like, the ultimate betrayal is a new hairstyle. <laughs> I mean, it is, though. It's very real. <laughs> I had someone, I posted an Instagram of me feeling sick on my couch yesterday and someone slid into my DMs and was like, oh, your forehead, I really like your fringe. Oh, um, oh my God. They felt betrayed by the fact that my fringe was pinned back. But block, block, I reckon, for that kind of, um, of behaviour. What I did actually, though, was cry. I cried. I and then and... send a video of that to them. Just look, what, yeah. look what you made me do. Um, what about the, the sort of Tammy penis stuff? I thought that was quite risque for a 7.30pm show. Yeah, what was all that about? I kind of tuned out and then I... Did it actually come Did it come out? It didn't come out, but they he he acknowledged have, going commando and he's wearing some very thin and filmy nylon shorts and mm. he was very much swinging it around and it was extremely visible peen. More what? so than you would. You could just see the whole contours, you know. And they were. I didn't. It was a. It was a tight crotch shot, and they sustained it for a, quite a spell. And wow. it was just more than you normally see at that time of the evening for the family show. How much of this can be attributed to? Please tell me that is not your penis in terms of like starting a national conversation. Because <laughs> that. I, I thought that it was like there, there was something in the, I didn't realise they were just filming it just because it was like, oh, you can see his big dick. That's really risque. Who was swinging it? They were talking about it. You know, it was, it, it was I'm a just moment. Imagining, I'm imagining an alternative version of the show where Michael Galvin is there <gasps> and he gets to deliver oh his God. line. Wow. Like, wouldn't that have been just the best TV? 
Second only to the original penis moment. <laughs> well, I think it would have built upon the, the penis legend. The, the brand. What, what, <laughs> yeah, the... It's because they they clearly have this thing where they just pick one of a type and and try and get them on the show. So like you know you mm. had was it Gary Freeman last year and Richie Barnett this year that's your, your Kiwis league captain and so on. But I feel like having two of them, like if you'd had Chris and Rachel, it would have been like unbelievable, and they should It'd maybe consider so that for good. next time. Totally, or just a whole um, you know a whole Shortland Street special. <laughs> Oh, or just keep yes. Celebrity Treasure Island always going and just having, like, you know, chunks of seasons there, like three seasons a year. That would be their then, Bachelor you know, in Paradise, would be just like yeah. a pure short on street. This is a great idea, Jane. Copyright spin Thank off. you. <laughs> I would also uh, like to say I think they should, like, Lionel should just wash up on the beach oh <laughs> after all these years. <laughs> There'd be so many amazing Easter eggs you could do. All cast away out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that rock someone on the back of a turtle like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Man, this is okay. good. Uh, there was that weird line of whispers kind of charity challenge, which I didn't oh, really... I was so bad at this one as well. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> he just missed out like half of it, half of the sentence in the middle. Oh. They must have been able to hear something. Um, they're listening to the Venga Boys. They've got headphones over, noise-cancelling headphones over the top, and then they're basically trying to repeat a sentence down the line. Chris won this, didn't he? I think Chris won this. Anyway. I think so, because then they had that kind of tie break where I found out that a national animal of Scotland is a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Did everyone know this? I feel oh, like we should yes. be talking about that every day. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite bold. Um, it's really bold, because I said as a joke, I was like, oh, Nessie, lol. And then it was, like, basically just as stupid as Nessie. <laughs> Arguably stupider, like, because Nessie, no one Nessie's really knows. Least, I mean, the, I reckon the jury's out, for well, sure. But also, Nessie is uniquely Scottish, right? Yes. The unicorn isn't. The unicorn's a, a universal animal, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you find one in any country. <laughs> You should be ashamed, though, having such strong Scottish heritage. You should I be ashamed know. You didn't I, feel, know that. I feel shocked. Need to look further. Within. Okay. Um, where are we? Right. Angela's really out to, to start smashing out the patriarchy. Uh, by the way, this week, Munter's onto her. Um, but that's mm. fine because he doesn't stick around for too long. God, she's good. Anyway, Art at one point is making clothing with his trusty knife again and someone pulls out, where's the bloody cha-cha challenge? Which is true. Where is the cha-cha challenge? What's the cha-cha challenge? Well, because they're talking about, like, candy, what candy can bring to the table. I felt so bad for candy in this episode. Like... I nearly cried I was candy. crying. <laughs> in that bit where she keeps saying, I think I could shoot. I could shoot. And everyone just ignored her. It, was it made awful. me feel sick. I was no. filled with rage and then, <laughs> at the rest of the team. Yeah, and then when Lance put her up later on, it just yeah. felt like the ultimate, just like, get this old hag off the show. Just quite infuriating. It made me think that ageism might be a thing. Yeah, and then she bloody won that challenge, didn't she? Which she was bloody so won cool. a redemption. It was she so was so cool. good at the maths. I was, I very was so bad at the maths. I need to show you. Oh, it's on my phone. I was watching it with my bubble buddy Zoe, and we both had a piece of paper and a sharpie, hunched over trying to figure out what ninety <laughs> times twenty-five was. For no shit, 
like 15 minutes. Okay, really? I did the same thing, but without a piece of paper. I was trying to do it in my head because I was like, no. there's no piece of paper on the beach. Well, that means they're writing in the sand, yeah. Every time there's a challenge, I'm basically doing somersaults in my head to figure out how I would go in that challenge. <laughs> I think I would have done good in that challenge. And I think I'd have done good in that the one that Brindley won as well with the with the puzzle balls and the, the balance. I, I do again. I fancy myself as being able to balance a ball on a paddle, which is probably the number one skill to have going into Celebrity Treasure Island. Right? <laughs> if you can if you can balance a ball on a paddle, that's everything. Anna Simsek is a fucking medal-winning swimmer. Who's also slower than Chris Parker at swimming. Slower like, than Chris Parker. Proven no on Chris Parker. <laughs> about, like, everyone's going on about athletic ability. Forget that. Balance a ball on a paddle. It's all you need to practice. Okay? Should we just move on to the next episode? Candy won. Munter went home. Tegan, Tegan needs foot. a medic. She needs a medic. Did she, she get booted? Foot. She got, yeah, she had, um, she's got a broken toe. She never came back to the island. The other wild thing was that right at the end, like after Candy had her amazing redemption, and she they they had it, you know, Nick tomorrow on Celebrity Treasure Island, her lighting into them, and it's like, oh shit, that's going to be amazing. And then the next day, they had like a previously on Celebrity Treasure Island, but then they never showed it in the episode. It's like, like it was the Flash one. It was such good TV, and it was only it only existed in this weird like liminal space between the episodes. I don't know what happened there with the edit because that previous yeah. episode was so good. It was such a good edit. Yeah. Like the Kim versus Edna stuff was wicked. The Andrew versus Tammy yeah. stuff was wicked. It was real. It was a brilliant episode. But then right at the end, they inexplicably botched the best kind of like super tense standoff of the whole thing. And it only exists in the bookends. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I it's just really made me really wild. No, I, I noticed that too. And the thing that I'm concerned about is I remember in the promo, the big teaser trailer for the whole series, there's a bit where... Edna says about putting uh, words mm. in her mouth, and Candy's like, "You don't, your mouth isn't big enough for my words, or something." I feel like that maybe happened in that exchange, and we didn't yeah. see it because she said, like "You weird. can't speak for me; I'm speaking for myself." Does feel yeah, like and it was part of that. Yeah. Well, I do wonder if maybe the trailer got released, and then perhaps Edna or Candy took issue with what appeared in that trailer, and then the show got a wee read it. I don't know. I don't know. It may still yet be to, be to come because Candy and Edna are both still in the game. So um, maybe I'm just getting ahead of myself there. But, yes, you're right. I really wanted to see that tension between those two. I love that Candy knew that she wasn't the one that everyone had put forward. And so she knew mm. she'd been thrown under the bus uh, by by Lance. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Lance has got his fingers in a lot of pies. He he's does. Got his, he's like, everyone loves him, but he's also like real tight, well, with art, <laughs> rest in peace. And Chris, and like, I feel like he's got this little alliances going with everybody and he's a little, he's a little sly guy. Yeah. He's a little sly yeah. guy. The, who, okay. who are your picks to like, like to, to win at this point? Just a little think, quick interlude. I think Chris Parker's going to do very, very well. I think Chris and Brinley are very strong. I think Richie, Richie, Bryn, and I, I kind of love Candy now. <laughs> like she's she's got a bit of a mad dog. I fucking love Candy. <laughs> I would love it if Candy won. It would just be the best thing to ever happen in <laughs> New Zealand reality television. I am obsessed with it. I really love how Angers um, Angers trying to get three Wahine in the final. I think that that is like a great goal to have, especially considering you know when they. Cut back to last year's final. It was just like three white blokes. <laughs> yeah, 
the three musketeers. Her only mission is to get get three women into the final. And it's I'm, so good. I'm all about that. It's so funny watching when they cut back to it. You're like, wow, like the. The, the intellectual horsepower of this year, no disrespect to that, that power trio, a lot of brawn, a lot of brawn, but the brain, just nothing. This year, there's there's some like good schemers, but that's amazing that that was the, the three who we ended up with. I can't believe you're disrespecting the whiz like that. <laughs> <laughs> the whiz in the finale was one of the great things. Just like running around with a backpack being like, ah, fuck, like no idea where he's going, doesn't understand any of the clues. Sam is like digging up the treasure and like he's just running around in the background so lost. It was amazing. Okay. Okay, and the final episode, the one that aired just tonight, was a massive, I mean, it had a massive result at the end of it and it was just huge game changer. But we started with a charity challenge. Um, which was some weird twerking and t- tea spilling thing. Where old table tablehead Richie. I mean, he is a challenge machine, right? He's so Do- good. He's so zen. Yeah, I love his energy. Oh, his energy. Love him. His energy. His <laughs> energy in the bulletin. <laughs> love- <laughs> Lovely. That's what a cross cross promo there. Sign up to the bulletin. It's something, it's isn't off. it? Uh, there's a lovely bromance brewing between Art and Richie. Not long for this world. Um, but it's like Lance is dead to Art, you know? They, mm. they promised each other as they split ways that they would watch each other's back. Watch each other's back? That's not right. They would have each other's backs. And then uh, and then Art just immediately decided that Richie was his best mate. Richie was less <laughs> enthused about Art, as we'll really will see <laughs> later on. Um, but it, it's, it still seemed like two men on the same page, page of just basically being perfect. <laughs> The team face-off this week was a puzzle rebuild and um, they had to throw balls at bricks. Someone was blindfolded and that blindfolded person then need, had to reassemble the puzzle. Thoughts I on loved Arch figuring out this challenge where he's like, he's like I love throwing things. Yeah, <laughs> Just loves to throw things. And he was like, and then, you know, I figured out what I need to do. I need to throw as hard as I can. Yeah. It's like, how is that ever not what you were going to be doing? <laughs> but the best part is he was like, I figured out pretty early on that I need to throw really hard. Is, I loved it. So, so when they, uh, Lana did that great little speech about art where, you know, he sort of fell down the tree and hit every branch along the way, like great looking, yeah. great body, lovely guy, really smart. Like I think art is amazing, but... I do wonder about whether he's got a little bit of the the bubble boy thing of, you know, he's to- he's absolutely intelligent, but he's not he doesn't outperform on intelligence the same way he does on all the other metrics. But mm. because you just look at him and everything he says just seems so extraordinary, <laughs> it, it kind of comes off as like 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 what you just said, Alex. Like. That wasn't actually some tactical genius. That was the most <laughs> obvious thing in the world. And and yet he said it as if it was this extraordinary piercing insight that won them, won them the, the, the game. It's crazy, though, because despite all these amazing facets to his personality, yet somehow still altogether he is greater than the sum of his parts. You know? A, pun. Which got like merely a snigger from Duncan on that. <laughs> Parts. Secondly, though, like imagine having. I thought you were glitching great... out. No, I wasn't. I was being funny. 
uh, all those amazing elements of yourself and yet still just being bigger than all of that once it's all put together. Not fair for a start. Secondly, didn't work in his favour in the end, did it? But even then, even in defeat, so gracious. God. Oh, so gracious. Um, so gracious. I think we also, not to be too inside baseball, but I think he is extremely familiar at this point with the Warner Brothers crew, which True. I think is why he's so good on camera and has made so much of the edit as well. That's such a great point, because when he, when he was first on the hosting side in, was it Bachelorette season? When, 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 did, he, when did we first see him? As a host? Just this last one. He was, like, kind of ropey at times, quite wooden, and now he's just Mm. unbelievably natural. He's on fire. And, you know, he's been working with them since 2015 now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You'd expect to get We will know. As long as as this pot has existed, Art Green has existed as a public figure. I don't know. I would love to know everything about pre-fame Art Green. Like, how did he somehow not be iconic and famous until that point? Because he was—he always had all that going on. Like, um, it just seems weird that there weren't just like hordes of people just following him Mm. around everywhere, just gazing Mm. upon him. That's a very valid point. (laughs) The the one to investigate that. Just just to fast forward to the end, oh, look, let's just talk about what, what Richie did to Art and, and how, how intentional it was. Like, we, we all believe that he put Art up pretending like it was an easy win, but sort of knowing that it was actually quite a tough old gig for Art and Brindley was really good. We'd already seen her smash that before, right? He basically mm-hmm. just knifed him. And, it, and mm-hmm. I, I think he was filled with regret afterwards. Like, the regret was genuine. But he also just wants to win so badly that he just knows he has to do some real shady stuff. Is that the thesis? Yeah, and I think he made a mistake. I think it was way too early to make a bold move like that. I think he should have. I don't know. I think he should have. No, because now the girls are just going to get rid of him because I don't trust him. And he's, I think he's toast. Yeah, but I, I reckon that there's a chance that teams will change and move and merge. And they also need him as well. At this point, he's kind of the, you know, he's the brawn of the team. And as much as uh, everyone wants to to um, prove that you don't need to just be brawn, again, it's too early to lose all of it. You could pro- you could lose you could lose uh, Art or Richie, but not lose them both. Well, and so how I do you, just think it was a genius move. How do you get rid of him? Like Richie's really really good at those games. Like, and he's he, the captain. He, well, he's a captain for now, which which will obviously insulate him for a period of time. But even after that, like he's it's you have to lose to go, and, yeah. and he's just very very good at all all the games. So I, I think it was a kind of a genius move because he has a little bit of plausible deniability in terms of what what he did. I don't think anyone really buys it, but it's sort of sort of semi there, and and it really does clear out the lane in terms of the. Really, really amazing, mm-hmm. super fit athlete guy. It's basically him and Lance now on that one. I, I, I am totally aware that, you know, it may seem like it was too soon, but there also may not have been another opportunity for Richie to do this and get rid of Art. So in my mind, I think it was a bit of a win-win for him. If Art won, great, they picked off somebody else. Uh, he looks like he he did a great strategic move by putting Art in there. Um, and if Art didn't win, okay, people are grumpy at him, but he's just got rid of his biggest competition in the, in the mm. whole game. 
It was the best game move of the whole thing. He was very good in his weird in his weird aggression in the aftermath when he's like, "Look at me and ask me if I did the," you know. Mm. It was kind of incredible. Like it was like the Joker. Like I was just like, I don't know what you're doing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, it was crazy good TV, like like the whole thing. I, I think it was making a valid point because I do think that Angela is very clever with the way she uses her words and she's just kind of like floating this idea. So like, it could look like this. And he's like, what are you saying? If you're accusing me of something, just come out and say it and I will lie to you, okay? <laughs> yeah. My plan is lie hard. Lie often <laughs> until you get bored and go away. That is my plan. Do you think that's a good plan? Look at me. We've talked a lot about um, Art going home, but let's talk about the fact that Bryn is still there thanks to her amazing skills. She just looks so in control of that bloody rope pulley thing, didn't she? Mm. And then she stopped and had a really good think. And, I, and yeah, Art was just, he doesn't know what he was doing at all. I don't think it was just dumb luck. He got one ball out at all. <laughs> Just a coincidence. I think that the thing is, like, art against anyone else would probably have been close, but Bryn is just really, really good at puzzly games. Yeah. Like, but the fact that the fact that uh, that Richie turned at the last minute, knowing that it was a puzzly game and putting art against Bryn, it's very obvious what he was doing there. Like, you say there's plausible denial, but that's actually pretty hard to deny when it's an on-the-spot decision that didn't involve your team and just throws your, your art out to the lions, you know? Mm. I liked when they got <laughs> I love it It is funny how everyone is so in love with art And no one even tries to hide it Like when Chisholm was like Art, you've shown us you're a gentleman And one of the world's nicest men Just like it's one so the world's nicest. They're really over egging it Like yeah, he's nice But it's just like He's hot That's the main thing <laughs> like, That's really what everyone's talking about He's just as normal personality-wise As everybody else that's that's hundred percent right. I wrote down that quote as well. There's the one just before of where it was just like art can do most things, which on some level is true, but clearly not puzzly games. Like <laughs> yeah. uh, everything around art, he's got the most powerful reality distortion field. Like I say this yeah. as a massive fan who could who hates the fact that art has gone from the show and could watch him all day. Like I feel it too. But it's undeniable that in, in his physical presence, especially day after day, men, women, anyone are just like, this <laughs> thing, I just need to be close to this thing. <laughs> I think that there's a bigger conversation to be had about the advantages in the world you get as a really good-looking person. You know, I think we're all aware of it. You know, lots of sociological studies have been done on such a thing, but I think we need to create a movement <laughs> for the... <laughs> Ugly people of the world to get some <laughs> some equity, you know. Ugly. And I feel like once upon a time I might have been in one camp, but I'm rapidly moving to the other, and I need to put in some insurance work for the future. <laughs> so you wanted to have have all of the advantages of being really babin when you were younger, and now that it slips away, you want the movement to come in and justice <laughs> for for. <laughs> I think I'm just beginning to understand, as an ugly myself, or soon to be, that uh, the struggle. That no one's ever going to look at me the way that they look at art. That's incredible. I honestly do not know what I'm making of this at all. 
That's right for you. <laughs> to be clear, this is not a real pod campaign. This is a Jane Ye campaign. I think there's people out there that would support me on this. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the end of our podcast. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, repo are just dwindling in numbers. Cards are flying. Mm. And there's paradise. What is paradise? paradise. Where I'm bloody going tonight for a bloody curry. (laughs) (laughs) That that is our podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to order yourself a I am a corny and I'm sorry badge pin, whatever you call it, on our website, thespinoff.co.nz forward slash shop. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.